dead people sure know how to live. Something strange is getting close, playing havoc, playing jokes. I thought I didn't believe in ghosts, but I got ghost fever. The investigation's off the ground. Everything is upside down. What's that eerie kind of sound? I got ghost fever. Ghost fever comes on supernaturally. Ghost fever sets the spirit free. Ghost fever now I've begun to see. It's made a world of difference to me. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Uncanny Cinema, and I apologize for uh, what we've watched this time around, what the uh, the cast, our cast, has been put through, and what you'll be put through uh, when you watch Ghost Fever. Um, or you can just listen to us, uh, try to be funny while talking about it, and maybe that'll be enough. Um, but we are looking at 1987's Ghost Fever. Um, this is a movie that one of our panelists has been begging me to do since the start of the show, um, like way back, you know, 2020 or so. And I was like, I, I really, I don't want to do this because I've seen it before. And, uh, finally I was like, you know, we always do six, uh, around six, uh, last few years for Halloween. And, you know, so there's some room to play and kind of do some different types of movies for, you know, Halloween films. We definitely do some actual horror films. We do some movies that play into the spirit of Halloween. They could be comedic. They could be like childlike, but they have Halloween themes and stuff. Uh, so it's like, all right, sure. We will watch a terrible horror comedy this time around. So uh, Ryan finally got his wish and we watched Ghost Fever. Uh, so we will dig into this shortly. Um, not tons and tons to say to open this one up. Um, I have some, you know, some background stuff for later on. It was directed by Lee Madden. Um, he directed like a Hell's Angels movie and another biker movie and a couple other things, but not a whole lot in his career. Nothing that was like super famous. Um, he was credited as Alan Smithy for this film. Which I don't think is actually, this might be the first time we've ever had an Alan Smithy uh, credit, directorial credit, on the show. For those of you who might not know, Alan Smithy was the longtime credit that directors used when they didn't want their name to be used on a film anymore. And it usually came about when like a studio would alter things. They would take away creative control from the director, alter things, and directors like, this isn't my vision anymore. And so they would um, go to the Directors Guild and the Directors Guild would like kind of discuss things with all the parties. And if it met certain criteria, they would be allowed to take their name off. And then Alan Smithy was um, put on. And that went from about the 50s to about the year 2000. And then it kind of got all blown up because there was a really terrible movie from the late 90s called burn hollywood burn the alan smithy story so then it just made alan smithy like too famous now everyone like knows what it means um and so now directors are allowed to take their name off a film and they can submit any fake name they want i think within reason because i remember uh the director who did uh american history x i remember he you know was pissed off because edward norton was in the editing room and messing with stuff uh mm -hmm. i think it's alex cox is that right 
Anybody? Um, it sounds right. I, th- I think it's him. Um, anyway, uh, he wanted to be credited as Humpty Dumpty um, and was not allowed to be um, and probably justifiably so. Um, but yeah, so uh, directors now no longer use Alan Smithy or maybe it's a, a very much a rarity. But yeah, so this is a full Alan Smithy film. So the director did not want to be credited. Um, I cannot imagine why. Uh, <laughs> cast wise, there's not really too many famous people in this. There's a Sherman Hemsley uh, has a dual role as Buford Washington and Jethro Washington. Uh, the latter being a ghost. Um, Sherman Hemsley is most famously known as George Jefferson from the Jeffersons, which was spun off from All in the Family, where those characters, he and his wife, uh, originated. And then uh, Louis Avalos is someone I'm not really familiar with, but he was on The Electric Company and was in various character roles. He plays Benny Alvarez. Um, this is, uh, you know, kind of like a, a two person horror comedy. They are our focus. Um, there's various other character actors, but no one that I really recognize. Um, the only other notable name is, uh, Joe Frazier, the boxer shows up in the end as terrible Tucker. Um, so we get some boxing scenes with, uh, with Joe Frazier. Um, this movie was only in theaters for a week before it was removed. God. I can't imagine. Wow. And, wow. uh, and it was made to be in the style of 1940s and 1950s ghost comedy films. Um, those same films inspired Dan Aykroyd to create Ghostbusters. And this movie was likely greenlit due to that film's massive success. Because uh, it was, uh, I think it was shot in 1985. Um, we can talk about some of that uh, coming up. But yeah, so that's, if you've ever watched any of those or aware of any of those, those old like Bob Hope um there's like a bob hope at least one like ghost comedy there's ones with like comedy troops with like kids or or brothers like the ritz brothers and stuff mm-hmm. um and then obviously phantasm like the exterminators Ab- uh yes yes thank you ryan phantasm exterminators one of our uh, projects from once upon a time look that up on youtube um and uh you know and obviously going back to like Abbott and costello stuff Abbott and costello you know like meet the mummy and all that kind of shit mm. okay so um yeah uh for this one uh the folks that have been subjected to ghost fever once again my apologies we have dusty returning uh so uh welcome dusty Thanks. Thanks. I uh, agreed to do this, and then you told me what movie it was, and I just politely was like, oh yeah, sure, that'll be fun. And then one night as I was falling asleep, I suddenly remembered what this movie was, and hoped against hope I was wrong. Had you seen it? No, no, I'd just heard of it. (laughs) All right. Uh, We also have uh, Nate joining us here for Ghost Fever. Yeah, so... As I said before this recording started, this was the first time I felt like you gave me hope. Mm-hmm. And that sucked. <laughs> this movie was not good. I, I like I what, I know you said tr- maybe watch it and then listen to this. No, no, you don't need to. Just just listen to this. We'll tear it apart enough. No. All yeah. right. And the, and the man of the hour, the the man who subjected all of us to watching Ghost Fever, uh, including me twice in my life. <laughs> Uh, we have Ryan joining us, so uh, welcome back, Ryan. For uh, for you, you finally did it. You you got it on here. Now that you've uh, all watched this, that little Asian girl that lives down the street won't kill me in seven days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, she's man. gonna make it eight. Uh, all right. 
so yeah, not really. I mean, there's some background stuff I can go into, but uh, we'll just kick things off. What do we make of Ghost Fever? This movie sucks. <laughs> Look, agreed. I think we can all we can all second and third that feeling. Nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. Yes, that was my problem. That was the, the logic was my problem in this one. Not that two white uh, a white director and a white uh, um, writer for this. Three writers. I, I yeah. felt yeah. I kind of felt like I know the word spook is a ghost term, mm-hmm. but it has another meaning that I felt like was still part of this movie. Yeah. And it was, and, and I don't know if that was just. Me? But it sounds like you guys felt the same Look, way. Look, I, I will say this about the writer, and Linton, you probably saw this on IMDb. The movie was written by a guy who wrote a fuck ton of movies in the 50s, yes. including Harvey. He wrote Harvey. Well, he didn't write Yes, he, did. he, wrote he didn't Harvey. write the play. It's based on a play, so that's a point oh, of distinction. Okay. Harvey right. was a play first that got adapted into a film. So uh, this hack. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But yes, but still, the, the film version of Harvey is like, fantastic it's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful movie yeah but this the, the script definitely feels it was written while he was on the set of harvey just as a goof <laughs> just like one of the living warner brothers wanted a ghost picture and he just like hammered it out then out of nowhere in the 80s someone's interested again because of ghostbusters and here we are <laughs> and you know no one's gonna turn down i don't know 50k for a script yeah, so here's here's uh, Dusty's jump of the gun on this for me. So yeah, it was written by Oscar Brodney, who's a writer that I'd never heard of before. Um, but he, like, you look him up and he has, like, a legit crazy amount of credits. I'm not saying they're all, like, masterpieces, but, like, he had, like, a long history in Hollywood. Dude lived to be 100 years old. Um, he died in, like, 2008 or something. Um, but he was a screenwriter for Harvey, the Glenn Miller story, and many Francis the Talking Mule movies, which <laughs> makes way more sense with what we just watched. Um, and this was his last script, and he would have been in his late seventies. If he, if, if, maybe what Dusty's saying is right. Maybe this this script dates way back. I don't know. But yeah. uh, but if it were <clears throat> written contemporarily, he would have been in his like late seventies when he wrote it. And then he mm-hmm. was like, all right, I just can't do this anymore. And then he ducked out and lived for another 20 to 25 years. <laughs> like, Before it came minute. back and killed him. Wait a minute. I already have money. Why am I doing <laughs> this? Um, one of his screen credits is Abbott and Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, maybe this was the first draft of that. <laughs> and or just like scenes he cut from it. But yeah, I mean, to just... be fair, those movies really suck too. I've watched like all of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure there's going to be some listener out there is like, "How dare you?" But like, I don't know, those things they're not they're not ghost fever painful, but they're pretty bad. Mhm. Yeah. It's I don't know. Like I just finished watching this an hour and a half ago, so I'm still in that weird miasma <laughs> like of like of like if you get thrown drunk into a scare house, but some of the, there's like the JCs only put fifty bucks towards it, but you're still kind of unsettled by what just happened. All right, so for myself, uh, yeah, I knew this movie was bad. Ryan made me watch it years ago, um, and that's why I was very hesitant to uh, 
watch it again uh for the show but it's bad uh as nate's kind of already alluded to it's not bad in a fun way i'd say there's a few parts that i'm just kind of like springtime for hitler jaw on the floor like what am i watching right now there's a couple moments like that but the rest of it's just and this is we've said this on the show before a bad comedy is one of the worst kinds of films because a bad sci-fi movie or a bad horror movie you can often laugh at what they're trying to do you've got special effects that maybe sometimes things get pulled off well sometimes you're seeing the strings and it's laughably bad there's a world to comment on there's you know props and sets and costumes there's all this kind of like ephemera that they're trying or they're phoning in it or whatever um with comedies though the goal of a comedy is to make you laugh and so if you are watching a bad sci-fi or horror movie like a mystery science theater type deal where you're watching it you're going to laugh at it you're going to make fun of it you're going to joke around with friends if you're watching a comedy that's failing you don't want to laugh at it you don't want to reward it like like you you're in instinct is you're not you don't want to laugh naturally but then you don't want to laugh at it because if you're in a group with people they're going to be like jesus christ does he actually think this is funny so (laughs) you're in this weird nebulous zone of you know what what can you do with a bad comedy and i think that's why they're so unenjoyable and uh that's where we are now there are some crazy bits in this and there is some uh you know special effects stuff and things like that we can dig into since this is a horror comedy and not just a street comedy um but yeah yeah, i see your point but i have to counter with exploding breakdancing mummy (laughs) we well obviously we have to build to that ryan (laughs) no that's that's all it's got (laughs) (laughs) all right so where what would we like to start with first I would like to, choice. I think we could start with the tagline of the movie, and since it's from the beginning, that uh, Sherman Hemsley is a big city cop hot on the trail of the ghost too bad to be busted. One, he is not in a big city. Yes, he is a cop. <laughs> they are they were at best in a minor township in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Nowhere, Georgia. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yes, there are there are ghosts. And I'm, I'm almost proud of the movie for for it's you know they're on a pl- ghosts who are living in a plantation, so you expect some real fucked up shit. And the movie starts it out by going, "All right, all right, wait the fuck up. It's 1986. We're all cool here. <laughs> We're gonna start it out by two ghosts having a talk about how Reconstruction hasn't ruined them as people, and about how you know yes, slavery was bad, but you were one of the good white men I ever knew. Uh-huh. So here we go. Everyone's chill now. No more questions. <laughs> I felt like this might have been written during like the Lost Cause movie. Yes, yes. Where where they were trying to like listen, guys. The South wasn't so bad. It's like he saw Birth of a Nation. He was like, but what if comedy? <laughs> yeah, and ghosts. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, the clan's there, so you're yeah, really yeah, yeah. Towards well, it's ghosts. Yeah, but... fair enough. Just a hop, skip, and a jump like away. A Racially charged language. Fuck. African herbs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What a... Oof. So yeah, I think I think it's it's good enough to start off that it's like it's bumfuck Georgia and the two cops of color living in this town are of course partners and they're being sent to evict people from, um, from their plantation home and... 
that that's what we're starting with. That's the that's you know the call to adventure is an eviction notice. <laughs> and the weird thing mm-hmm. is, they're cops, but their boss is a sheriff. And they're, yeah, they're clearly detectives. Right, with their business suits. Right. I mean, I doubt there's been many murders in this town or really anything that's occurred, but it does seem very insulting to send two detectives out to evict people. They've clearly been there for a majority of time. There has to be someone younger to do this. All right. So, yeah, that's where we start out. Uh, we have uh, we have a, an old plantation home that was being kept up by funds some sort of like yeah i don't know some kind of group was keeping it up but then they, historical group yeah, historical group sort. and they went bankrupt and supposedly there were a couple sisters that lived there for years and sherman hemsley says well they must must be a hundred years old well i don't care you've got to go a victim <laughs> and so and so that's the we we go do that and meanwhile we've got two ghosts um, we have Sherman Hemsley also playing his like ancestor ghost, uh, who was a slave. And then the ghost was the slave to a master. The master's son, uh, freed Sherman Hemsley ghost. Um, and so that's what Dusty was alluding to of like, well, you were all always okay. So they're like friends. Uh, as, as far as the movie's concerned, uh, he dies and becomes a ghost. And so they've been friends for decades in, in like ghost world. Um, and one real quick thing. And then it's alluded to that the father, um, so the, the actual slave owner, um, he's out there. He's been a ghost. He's a troublemaker. And so they position him as like, well, there's there's the bad slave owner guy. And so both uh, Sherman Hemsley as a ghost and the other old man ghosts, like, like they're on our side. Like, ah, you know, he's not a good guy. Um, So, yeah, so we have three primary ghosts with one of them being um, a racist slave owner. Dusty? I would also like to point out that in this world, there is no heaven. There is no hell. There is only being set free to haunt a location of your choosing. Or spending all of eternity in a box under the ground, just waiting, <laughs> and that's it. This is in, a in, in all world. fairness. In all fairness, you just described Beetlejuice. So, <laughs> <laughs> but in Beetlejuice, you have like good music. You're allowed to be funny. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Yeah, there's sandworms. It's great. It's like Dune with Technicolor. It's great. So so we start off in 1880, right? Something like that. Right. Yes. Right. And then, so what I don't get is, so he made him a ghost in 1880, right? He, br- he brought him back in mm-hmm. 1880 after the funeral? Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's 1980-something, Yeah, we and just, he keeps calling him a new ghost. We just, oh, I, I don't know. We just skip ahead a century, but. Yeah, we skip a century, but like it was nothing. And they're like, "Oh yeah," and they still talk to him like he's never like he's he's like day one of ghosts. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's where I was con- like, maybe it's the, maybe it's like very- a Christmas Carol thing, like ghost of you know. It's like, oh, allow me to to show you Scrooge of what the future must will bring. Yeah. Yes, this must be very, very, very much on the same page as Charles. Well, Stanley, uh, so thank you. Simply, thank you. 
it's definitely alluded that, you know, Jethro's a worldly ghost. He travels the world to hunt people. You know, he's busy. But um, Reconstruction Ghost, he's only haunting his home. He's gone nowhere. So it's maybe a disrespect sort of thing. Where, I don't know. He also that's... has a cell phone as a, as a ghost in 1880. Yes. Which, like, I gotta admit, is not a terrible bit. Uh, I mean, I know the movie's horrible, but it's not like a terrible idea to have that in a script. I, I agree, but we're talking 1986? Mm-hmm. 80, well, 87's when this was released. I think it was filmed in 85, but I think cell phones were in existence for, like, super I rich I mean, people. they were in existence. They were huge. <laughs> yeah, very it's sleek. not like we would really, like use that as an everyday item like oh yeah cell phones. oh so what you're saying is sherman hemsley's ghost from 1880 doesn't deserve a cell phone nate he's the district manager nate that he's a, way ahead of his time and i don't know like was that joke for 20 years in the future <laughs> from what this i mean because a cell phone jo- joke in the early 80s seems a bit like not that it would land I, I, th- I honestly thought it was a beeper and not a cell phone. Did he not answer did it? He I thought he answered yeah. it. Oh, he did. He did answer it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And, and it was small. And that's well, the other maybe, part of it. Maybe it's it like, was like a Star like... Trek thing. Maybe they were going more off of like the Star Trek, <laughs> yes, you know, like communicators. Uh, Jobs actually developed the iPhone based on the design in this phone. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> that, that seems legit. That seems legit. Ugh. So yeah, yeah so that, I mean, our, this is what I felt the whole movie, Dusty. That sigh right there is literally how I felt the whole, the whole movie. Like, ugh. it's so our hapless heroes, our hapless <laughs> heroes, uh, venture into uh, this haunted house, and um, it's a really nice house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, my first, my first note on anything was. So why is the ghost of a slave trying to help an old white man ghost keep his family's plantation? Um, and then he's also fucking with his own ancestor. Um, so we can get to that. But basically, uh, the Sherman Hemsley ghost and the old man ghost, they decide, well, we've got to scare these detectives away because they can't close down the house. Because uh, if they do, they're going to like bulldoze it and make it into a parking lot. And this has got to stay, uh, you know, family home or some shit. Um, so that that's that becomes the scheme that they need. Heritage, to... not hate. Yes, dude. I was just about to say that too. God damn uh, it. Thank you, Ryan. I, I guess great minds think alike, huh, boys? I, I um, do want the, there to be a sequel where uh, Antifa just burns down the house and it's <laughs> two minutes long. No, isn't that like Haunted Mansion? Isn't that the sequel? Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'll take your word Haunted for it. Yeah, it's 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 part of the extended Haunted Mansion universe. Um, <laughs> this is the prequel. So yeah, so they uh, they uh, the ghost of Sherman Hemsley, the ancestor, and uh, the old man start to do crazy antics to try to scare the two guys away. Um, Mm -hmm. that's their plan, but then, uh, the evil ghost, the slave owner ghost, well, he shows up, and he wants to just fuck things up, he wants, he doesn't want them to escape, he wants to hurt them, he wants to kill them, and so we're getting, we've got, got a lot of mangled, like, like, goals going on here, and, uh, it's, yeah, that, but that's basically where we're at, that's the, that's the gist of the plot as things unfold, and then, it kind of goes along like that for about an hour and 20 minutes. 
Sherman Hemsley finds a book about dongs. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. It's a big book. It was a big book. It yeah. was like a Babadook book. You know, it really was a lost moment to not have it be a pop-up book. That would have been... Mm. That would have been some airplane humor right there. My fucking mm-hmm. eye. But, yeah. Yep. Dick joke. Um, For a haunted house, no one is scared for a while. <laughs> the Wish Cheech Marin guy just... uh. He doesn't believe it for like whoa, half whoa, the movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah. Did you just call him Cheech Marin? He called him Wish Cheech Marin. Wish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that's getting cut or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that guy. So we we have a uh, Sherman Hemsley is the the Mulder of the group, and then uh, <laughs> and, and then Alvarez is uh, he's the Scully. And so Absolutely. From, from the very beginning, he's like, ah, you believe in this ghost nonsense? And Sherman Emsley's like, I sure do. And then and that vampires. goes back and forth for a long time. And then eventually, and we're all, we've already kind of spoiled this, but eventually we see like this mummy figure appear and then there's an explosion. And then later there's like a vampire that comes into play. And we're like deep in the movie at this point. The guy's already witnessed this like inexplicable mummy stuff that we'll talk about. And then he's like, oh, there's no such thing as vampires. I was like, how the fuck are you not on board yet? Like, how is yeah. this happening? You're I'll in give a you prison. Ghosts, but no vampire. <laughs> ghosts and mummies, cool. Yeah. Vampires, whoa, dude, way too far. Yeah. Way too far. Which was probably the note that they got on the script and they just turned it into a line for him. But um, anyway, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's I, yeah. So the ghosts are the ghosts are like trying to scare him out of the house, and the the tools at the ghost disposal are um left and right lightning. There's only two kinds of blue lightning, and they're both superimposed back and forth, left and right, often hitting them, but they aren't acting like it's hitting them. They're um. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, both are being left out to fucking dry by the director during this. And it's, okay. it's just watching the scenes in which they're freaking out from being haunted are so fucking unfair. It just feels like the director said, I don't fucking know. Just bounce around the room a little. Like it's, it's a poorly built set. <laughs> yeah. That, that part. Very where, high ceilings. That part where <laughs> Sherman Hemsley is like running and making goofy faces and there's mm-hmm. like pendulum swinging. And like, I'm sitting there and it's like, this is, it, it makes you wonder how this guy ever had a career. Like it's embarrassingly yeah. bad. It is. Well, it's, it is both yeah, asking too much of him and not enough of him at the same time. Any Anyone going after physical comedy should be able to do this, but this man is probably about 50, and that is too old to ask a man to do this unless it's Chevy Chase and you're trying to kill him. <laughs> he must have Fair really enough. believed in this movie because he not only acted in it, but provided two songs. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I read on IMDb, most of the money... Yes, uh, according to IMDb, after playing the iconic George Jefferson on the Jeffersons, Sherman Hemsley tried his hand at the big screen in what turned out to be a huge flop. Hemsley funded most of the film's production costs, which left him nearly bankrupt. And then also, he apparently sued the producer for profits from TV and video sales and won, which to that I ask, what profits could there be? I mean, you saw the set. They spent it all. 
god. I mean, I did watch George. Uh, I did watch. Wait, what was the uh, show where he was the the deacon? Oh, um, good question. Uh, you know that one? I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, I watched him growing up, and so quite familiar with his his comedy and his physical comedy. I thought it was on brand for what he did uh, on brand. I mean, but it didn't. I, I don't know. I, I, I think he's usually pretty decent at physical comedy, just not in this movie. It, it was, but I think you expect physical comedy out of him. Well, I thought. Yeah, it was. I thought the Jeffersons. It was a lot more line based, though. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like just clever lines. I was. Th- I'm thinking of the show that the the other show he was in that I watched growing up, and it wasn't the Jeffersons. Okay. It was the one where he played a deacon, I believe. Unless I'm being completely off base here. Like, I know he is in Dinosaurs, but that was all voiceover oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, either way, it was... It, yes, I, found, I find, found it to be a little bit of a... Not the best performances all around. But then again, I also don't know when other things... Other things he was in, so... I don't know. It... Uh, yeah, what a weird, weird, weird... Then our heroes run into the two old ladies that live there, but they're oh, actually shit. hot young ladies. But the movie acts like like it never addresses it because early on, uh, Sherman Hemsley's like, "Oh, they must be a hundred by now." And yeah, then like suddenly there's like these young hot ladies, and it's not like, "Guh, what?" Like there's nothing. They don't they don't play it for laughs. He doesn't ask like. Oh, you must be their granddaughters. Nothing. It's just oh, here, and they have the same names. So it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, here you are. Jeez, I, I guess I was, I guess I was off by eighty years on my math. The show, sorry, the show is called Amen. Okay. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Amen. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, it's the the introduction of like the the mysteriously young Southern bells. Was um, I mean they're introduced by not you know singing in key, and I can't remember if they're singing Dixie or Mountaintop or or Rocky Top. It, it they weren't singing Dixie. Yeah. Oh God, which is which always a great sign. Is, so so, just so you're aware, when I was growing up in choir <laughs> in, in in Olmsted Falls, a suburb not like the rural, we sang Dixie. We sang Dixie in school, hmm. in concerts. It kind of felt like now I'm like, why do we sing that song? I don't think we should be singing that. Mm-hmm. But whatever, man, we, we would sing it. So that kind of brought me back to my years at, at like what, 30 years ago singing songs. And apparently we sang Southern like pride songs with mm-hmm. in, from way up here north. I right, thought it was right a south. song about tiny cups. <laughs> <laughs> And then Sherman Hemsley yes. walked into your choir practice was like, Ahuga, I think I am now in love. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh. Um yeah, and then they introduce the uh the medium that has set evil slave owner guy free. Who is apparently she was the evil slave owner's personal medium, so she's like a couple yeah. hundred years old too. Yeah. It, yeah. It, they never explained any of that. But, she definitely I mean, sounds what, like they really wanted to, to hire Madeline Kahn. I'm sorry, what? At the end, she's just with some other guy. They're yeah. like, ah, oh, she's here with her new boyfriend. And you just like see Which him in looks the audience. Like, wasn't that the guy? Wasn't that the bad guy? Nah. Yeah. I think it was uh, Orson Welles. 
<laughs> I mean, it looks pretty much like the bad guy without his without his vampire makeup on. Yeah, I mean, the vampire that was makeup. A, the little bit of blood almost... running down his mouth, even though he never <laughs> anybody the whole movie. Right? Like, wash your fucking face, dude. Right. You're the head of a cabal. It's an open saw. Like oh I got, I got <laughs> the herpes. Yeah. Well, I mean, her just being with a new dude is the most mm. realistic part of the movie, because, you know, the grift's got to keep going. you got to find a new grift. Mm-hmm. So, you know, made sense. She's right. still friends with the daughters. Which is So weird. then our heroes, they want to fuck these uh, old ladies. <laughs> and uh, so they're like, uh, well, we can't tell them we're here to evict them, because then they won't put out. And, yeah. uh, so then they just keep hanging out, and then like, well, at midnight, evil racist ghost takes a physical form and that's when grandpa jefferson can banish him because in this universe ghosts are like what jedi force ghosts should be (laughs) they have they have magic powers they can shoot fucking fireballs they can shoot uh ghost fists they can beat the shit out of joe frazier oh my god i just see yoda do that dude off camera off camera in this movie is so fucking haunted like, some messed up <laughs> shit happens off camera. Yeah. Like, I yeah. want to see that movie. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, no, you don't. So, so when, when, the, when the other, the, the not Sherman Helmsley detective, when he starts believing and starts actually getting scared, there was a moment where he jumps out. He, he, I can't remember. Was he jumped out or thrown out of the window? He jumps and he out. Lands, and he lands face first in the mud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he picks yes. his head back up. And I was like... It looked- primed for a blackface joke. I thought that's where this was going. I thought there was going to be a blackface joke, but then there <laughs> wasn't. Because I do feel like and this is going to probably maybe not make the cut. I felt like this was kind of a minstrel show. Mm. So I don't know. I, I felt like this this show this movie made me feel like I was watching a minstrel show a little bit. Yeah, they did so, some I don't dancing. know. Mm-hmm. What's that? They did some dancing and then they sang that well, like, Swanee song or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did yeah. say, yeah, they do sing they did Swanee. The whole song. Uh, well, Swanee, well, Swanee is, um, what's the, I'm blanking on the, Al Gershwin? Jolson. Jo- no, oh, Al, jo- Al Jolson famously sang, that was like one of his signature songs. And I think it's oh. in The Jazz Singer. So maybe an earlier version included, like when he got hit in the face with the mud. Maybe it was like, oh, then he'll sing Swanee, and maybe somebody was like, ah, uh, we, we probably shouldn't do that. Let's 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 That's stop. The 80s, that we, they would have been full on, like full on for that. It's well, but I, well, the... I, I'm saying they might have pulled, but they might have been aware at that point. It might have been like, ah, this won't fly these days. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Look, if you cut yeah. my third Swanee reprise, take my name off the movie. It's Al Smithy. <laughs> if you do that fucking shit. Also, also to this point, though, of with you, Nate, saying like, oh, they would be all about it. So, uh, as I said, Alan Smithy is put on when a director thinks his vision has been, like, tainted and that the Directors Guild agrees with him. So, this movie actually has two different versions. Um, There's the version that was released on, like, I think VHS, and then I don't know... The version I got was what I believe to be the full version. There were two... There's two that's out there that I could see. And I made sure to get the one the full version that way we'd get the full ghost fever experience which before i tell you what what is different ryan you watched it now all and you've seen the your version multiple times did your version was your version missing little bits of this 
Yes. Okay, that's what I thought you had said before. Just wanted to confirm. Okay, so yeah, so there's a guy on YouTube who like apparently got access to the full version. There is the full version is on YouTube, and then he got access and he like cut it down to the VHS version for some reason, just as a thing to do. But he, but so somehow he knew all the cuts. And so, according to his video, the cuts were that this was on, like when it would be on TV or when it would be uh, the VHS cut. So there's no flashback to Buford's childhood with the like sisters being like like hags and like old and stuff. So that that stuff is vampire. just like told, and that's not in flashback. Mm-hmm. And the god awful ADR. Um, <laughs> the description of how Beauregard Lee tortured his slaves that's not included. Um, so okay. that's in the full version. We got that, but that's not in the cut version. Well, but, I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Um, <laughs> Benny and um, what's uh, Benny and Buford sing Swanee. That is not in the <laughs> cut version. They they keep they keep a little bit of it with the sisters singing like like they like oh that is a jazzy number and they do like a little bit of it so they cut out them them actually singing it so that whole thing is gone um Beauregard's demise is shortened I don't know exactly what but probably just some of the violence of it um and then marijuana or magic african herb as it's referred to all references to that are removed so which makes it funnier these (laughs) are the things that were cut and here's the thing None of them drastically alter the plot in any way. Um, They're they're like, some of them are joke-based, but most of them aren't, like, good. Um, Some of them are obviously, like, problematic. But then, but these are the reasons that the director walked, I think. (laughs) Uh, Unless unless they cut further stuff and rearrange stuff that, like, we've, that no one's ever seen. So it sounds like he, he, he wanted it to be more I mean, maybe I had a vision. I I believe it Ooh. honestly. Ooh. There's I mean, a Confederate I, battle flag in the, in the sheriff's office. Yes, instead of an American flag, it's a Confederate flag. It was like you gotta be kidding. <laughs> but but so what I was gonna say when when you were I wanted to bring up the wait you were talking about um, how they 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 talked about Beauregard uh, torturing slaves. I think that is one of the few things that made him seem evil. Otherwise, he seemed fun for a little for most of the movie. He seemed like, oh, I'll play pool with you. I'll dance with you. I'll do all these things with you. And it's like, this guy doesn't seem so evil. So taking out the part where he tortured slaves, I was like, I mean, granted, there is the, the torture room. But yeah. I think, you know, having that part in it. For most of this movie, Nate's really like, this it. guy's Casper the Friendly Ghost. What's this <laughs> going on here? I mean, he's he was, a sailor. He's in New York. He he was not that bad until you start talking about that, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. They 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 introduced the slave torture pretty early on into the story, though, Nate. Right. I'm what I'm saying is, if they took that out, yes. that means he's like a pretty cool dude for a while, <laughs> and then he's not. <laughs> I think yeah. it just has more to do with the movie not knowing what the fuck it wants to do because it wants yeah. to have these zany sequences, but then they have this horrific racist character it would basically be like if in ghostbusters 2 uh vigo was just like doing some dance scenes at points it's like no he's supposed to be like a a horrific warlord that's that's his that's his role you can't have vigo be like a a source of comedy and that's what they're trying to do yeah 
is more Weird. evil than the Jitterbug. I I do want to bring up because them them trying to to getting seduced and to seduce the uh, the granddaughters d- did produce one of the two genuine laughs that I had. Um, oh. At one point, uh, Sherman uh, Hensley is um, asleep in a bed in a, in a I don't know I suppose a a theoretically funny night suit. Um, and there's just like a saxophone I believe you're playing. looking for the wee willy winky. Yeah, that thing. And there's like a saxophone playing while he's sleeping and then it cuts back and it's like one of the daughters playing the saxophone. And it's funny because she is more convincing playing the saxophone than Sherman Hemsley is at waking up. And, and she's clearly not that, playing. I don't know. I- I played the yeah, saxophone. Clearly not and at I all. hated what she was doing. She's too. literally playing C sharp the whole <laughs> time, not put, pressing any buttons down. But she is into it, and he's just like, you know, he's doing something, whatever it was, it was. He was doing the one take, and <laughs> genuinely one of the funnier <laughs> moments of the movie. But now that I think about it, it's also one of the saddest parts because just. I'll just say this now. Sherman Hemsley should not have nearly gone bankrupt making this movie. Everything about this movie with this dude is a tragedy. It's it's a it's an attack on a man that he didn't realize was occurring until far too late. And oh my god, just watching him try to act his way out of this is just heartbreaking at every moment. It can't be a comedy. So uh, let's talk about some of those big set pieces. It reminded me a lot of uh, the old uh, Nickelodeon Halloween special, Mark Summers' Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. Mark Summers? It definitely did. Yeah. It definitely had that feeling of, you know, this set's lying around, and if you guys want to film on it, do it in the next week, because we're tearing it down on Thursday. Because we're filming. So fucking fucking have at it. (laughs) Right, Yeah. The clue house isn't done yet. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Boy. Ryan, would you like to tell us about the sledgehammer machine? Sledgehammer machine? <laughs> um, Buford, yeah. uh, Mr. Jefferson, Sherman Hemsley gets uh, lost in this torture chamber um, uh, basement and inadvertently backs into a machine that was to, quote unquote, teach the slaves rhythm. And it involves, like, his groin getting placed on, like, an anvil and two sledgehammers, like, uh, taking their turns whacking at it. And he has to move his hips to avoid his genitals being pulverized. And it just goes on. And there's, on. There's, a, there's another element to the machine. And it rams a spike up his ass to put his uh, hips forward, to thrust forward, because, I don't know, man. So I I, why 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 we call that scene anti-racist? Well, like why why is the slave owner <laughs> no. wanting the slaves to be more to have more rhythm? I don't like why he would he care? But singing and dancing. That's not how dicks work. Like you know, we've all had those moments watching the Saw movies of just like, oh, here's the easy way to not get get killed by Saw. You know, and all you got to do is just, just you know, put a dick to the side of the anvil and just let the machine go clankety-clank. And yeah, you're going to get a spike up your ass, but it's the devil you don't know. And who knows? Maybe, like, it's... 
I do like I do it's, like that you just referred to the villain in the Saw movies as Saw, like somebody's mom yeah. who's like thinks like, oh yeah, Saw, you know, the, the bad guy yeah. Saw, Doctor Jigsaw, DDS. It's you know he does. It's between that and the fucking treadmill into swords. Um, I thought they which, were big spikes. Which I mean, yeah, which they were is amazing technology for the time. Yes. yes. He had a treadmill. He's, yeah. he's just LARPing horror. and He saw Prometheus and realized just, he couldn't go to the left or the right. He just had to keep going straight. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. So then Midnight rolls around and the racist ghost takes the form of a vampire due to some quote-unquote voodoo. Wait, wait. We've, we've skipped over yeah. the mummy. We have to talk about the mummy, Ryan. Oh yeah. So... At one point, uh, Louis Avalos is playing pool with uh, the ghost, and there's some some trickery with some balls, and then he has a sword fight with a cartoon. Was it rotoscoped? Pulled yeah, you? Sure. Yeah. And then, oh god, um, there's some dancing, and then the the grandpa evil racist ghost wants to with his um granddaughters dancing with them and they're like hey you want to dance check this shit out dance a little tap dance and then the ghost is doing it too like we can't see you so the ghost takes all these sheets and wraps himself up to a mummy complete with a cane and sunglasses and top hat <laughs> and he he just freaks out and he's does a, the he's, fucking moonwalk he's a break dancing mummy it is he's arguably the most enjoyable part of the movie and i i did find myself you know grinning at the insanity of it um it it's you know it's, it's and then he explodes good cra- and then he blows up yeah like a card in 18 episode. <laughs> I, I do. I did smile a lot during that point, and it was also the moment that I started to realize: Wait, is Sherman Hemsley singing the song that this mummy's popping and locking to? And the yes. answer is yes. And it's a <laughs> fucking decent song. It's a very, eyes in the dark. It, it, if it's not bad, it's not good, but <laughs> it's not. Yeah, the worst no, I'm not. I don't have it on my classic iPod. Will that make your Halloween's playlist, Slitten? Sorry. I oh, yeah. well, yeah. I I actually the, there's one at the end. There's a, a another Sherman Hemsley song at the end where he That's sings about ghost, ghost fever. fever, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. man, if my Halloween playlist weren't already packed, I would probably find space for this one. But uh, no, it's, it's next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. Uh, oh, so this. Uh, God damn it! So I was thinking that Ghost Fever sounded like took some elements of somebody's watching me by rockwell yeah and i was i was trying to figure out which one came first and it was rockwell no which came out the same year as uh ghostbusters yeah so i still love it great <laughs> ghost fever is pretty solid ghosts were very big in the 80s so yeah so ryan you're telling us about the vampire Oh, yes. Then as midnight rolls around, the racist ghost takes form, and his form is that it's a vampire. Just vampire. Grandpa Ghost says, the quote is, now we really got problems. That voodoo cursed by his slave has turned him into a vampire. And that's that's some some solid bad movie dialogue right there, if I ever heard it. (laughs) And then he drops... The, our heroes down a trap door into a zombie factory where the whole secret of the mansion was <laughs> we've been building zombies for like a hundred fucking years we got these doctors down here on payroll yeah. they just live here yeah yeah they're running out of parts 
at most they've made four zombies in a hundred years. Um, they're not good at it. I know they built it from scratch. Um, oh yeah, they're they're like doing forcep and knife surgery on a fucking skeleton, and they're they're like taking like heaps of skin out of pickle jars. And they're already down to to ones of kidneys and spleens because apparently they're too worried to ask the guy in charge for more stuff, or they're just ignoring his request. Or they're ignoring the request for parts. It's it's a real slapdash operation. You really only need one kidney to live. And so yeah, but I, right? I, I, I want to go back to the vampire thing because I got really confused at something. So they oh. made him a vampire at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a vampire <laughs> earlier in in a flashback. Mm-hmm. I think they just no. I I think they just didn't know he was a vampire. Um, I think I think the Sherman Hemsley ghost realized that he had been a vampire for a while. That the voodoo curse, because they mentioned the voodoo curse in the past, that that was supposedly keeping him at bay, and then that medium awakened him. So I think it was like he had been a vampire for a while, um, and Sherman Hemsley had seen him as a vampire as a child. We get right, that. Right. And they kind of allude that he'd gotten out before in the beginning. I mean, it's right, and more, I so I understand that, how this is missable. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to apply logic. My bad. <laughs> no, it's it's all fucking dog shit. No, no question. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, the movie is making some efforts, I think, at it. Yeah, I feel bad for, like, voodoo practitioners who saw this movie, because they already have to do a whole lot of bullshit in movies, and then to get this is just... Well, I don't think anyone saw this movie, Dusty. I don't think think you have to worry about their feelings being hurt. But are we going to make more people watch it, therefore give them more money? No, no, we're not. (laughs) They can find it, uh so so here's here's a question so uh so we find out that the the guy's a vampire and it gets to the end and um yeah they've been experimenting making zombies he wants to use our detectives who have as we've said are people of color he wants to turn them into more zombies right that was part of the bullshit Mm -hmm. he's also wanting to like torture them and shit that's all part of his story but then it gets the end and he's like well, I want to give you boys a sporting chance. And I'm like, wh- why is the racist ghost vampire giving them a, f- a fighting chance? Why is why is this happening? Why would this case? We don't know how to end this. <laughs> and so, and so really then they, have, uh, they have a, they have a pool cue fight uh, once again. Uh, Big going back. sticks. Yes. <laughs> That's what he says. And then, uh, and then our, the, the, and then our villain our villain, the vampire ghost, uh, is is killed, staked through yep. the heart with a pool cue type device. And then there's like 25 more minutes of movie left. And I'm like, what the fuck happens now? I don't remember. Because we find out the, the hot young ladies are actually ghosts, but they're not real ghosts. And they're, they're not zombies. They just live forever unless they go outside the house. And then they start they're hot lady rapidly. ghosts. Yeah. They start taking their um, uh, pills. You mean you can never leave here? Only if we take ectoplasm pills. They keep us as we are for a few hours. 
And that helps explain later why they are at the boxing match. <laughs> yep. Ectoplasm pills. Yep. They took their uh, their Nyquil. A Pfizer adventure. Those Look, are clearly I, just I, like like do you do you go to a is there like a zombie pharmacist you get ectoplasm <laughs> pills from like where where did they get this supply? I, were they were they just in the basement in the torture chamber just like a whole bucket of them? We didn't eat them at just... first. All right, so I. I do want to take some time because I thought I saw I had an idea where this movie might be going and I was like if this movie is going where I think it is I will love it forever and it didn't because the uh, it's alluded very early on in the movie there's a boxer by the name of a uh, terrible something and he's in town to do one of those uh, man fights a bear things terrible Tucker I'll take Terrible Tucker's in town. I'll fight any of you fucking yokels. And if you could stay with me in the ring for three rounds, you get some money and you can actually beat me. You get 50K. either fifty or $60,000. Yeah, yeah. You get 10K which, just for Which in 1986 three. was probably $8.7 million. Sure. And so, um, and so the boxer's played by Joe Foreman, who's Joe only Frazier. ever been Joe, beat Joe, by Mahalani and George Foreman. Oh, Joe Fraser, who's only ever been beaten by George Foreman and Muhammad Ali. And at this time, he's 42. He's been out of boxing for years. But I honestly thought, like, he has been out of boxing for a while. But I thought what it was going to be was both of them were going to sign up to try to fight this guy. And Joe Foreman, or not Joe, and Joe Frazier kills them both in one punch. <laughs> yes. It really does Shit. seem like that's where it's going. I agree. Right? I agree. <laughs> It's the only ending that would have made sense. So they realize that they can't save them, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then the ghosts are like, hey, check this shit out. Like, is that a joint? He's like, yeah, it's a joint. Uh, well, no, no, like, he doesn't call it like, that. I know. He's like, it's African herb. And then oh. they just uh, hotbox the whole room and uh, put it in their heads that um, uh, he's a good, that uh, Luis Avalos is a good boxer. And then they're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a good boxer. Which even that is way out of left field for high logic because, you know, maybe I'm the only one here. I've never gotten so high that I wanted to fight someone who was clearly stronger than me. Like, I've followed it through time. I've recognized that each decade has a color, but I've never thought, hey, I should fight someone right now. In the uh, unedited no, version, no. they just blow nondescript smoke down and... <laughs> so uh yeah so the uh he goes in to fight joe frazier uh there's some ghost magic that uh that comes into play to to keep him alive keep joe frazier at bay he ends up defeating joe frazier and winning the 60 grand but then uh in a very convoluted story point, it's like, all right, they've got money to save the house, but then the the police chief reveals, oh, boys, you know, they're not going to tear it down. They're going to put it up for sale, and I'm going to buy it and flip it and make all kinds of money. And then, uh, like, they're, I don't know, they said there's going to be a fucking, uh, what, uh, an auction. And they're like, I don't think so, because uh, we've got the cash for them. Well, dag, blam it, you're fired then. And so the movie's just like veering left and right here. Now they've lost their jobs, uh, and they decide, well, we, uh, and they can't be with the girls, because the girls can't come outside, and if they stay they in the stay. house, yeah. 
well, they'll they'll grow yeah. old, the girls won't, and all that kind of stuff. But then they're like, well, we'd just be better off dead. And then Ghost, Mr. Jefferson, and the old man are like, well, why didn't we think of that? And they kill them. And that's <laughs> where the movie ends. Wait, they they do get they do get to live. They get they get to live. Do they what, Dusty? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the 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 second thing that made me laugh. Is the second that car exploded, I could not <laughs> stop laughing because it's always funny. It's always funny when a car just explodes. I regret nothing. Um, <laughs> um, earlier, there's a bit. Like to... There's a bit earlier that I wondered about too. That was like, in, as far as their relationship goes with the girls, because they're they're clearly interested in each other and all that kind of stuff. And um, Luis Alvarez says like uh something about oh we're always traveling around we we don't have time to like settle down with anyone and i'm like are they itinerant police detectives like what are they nomads i don't like travel yeah, it doesn't make well, any it sense could be part of the georgia state police they have a state police force so it could go be, where we're needed maybe that's where they're part of <laughs> oh my god wherever there is a breakdancing I... mummy i'll be there <laughs> wherever there is a racist ghost vampire i'll be there and the weird thing is, he you know, I think it is belt. kind of important to know. Oh, sorry, go ahead. oh, he wins the belt. Yeah, he does. He's now the he's now the intercontinental champion. It was an exhibition match, and he won the belt. That's not right. <laughs> the sheriff is clearly mad that he now cannot buy this house. I would like to note that they are middle of nowhere, Georgia, as we have established. Where often in small towns, the sheriff is the most powerful person in a small town who can do, I don't know, extrajudicial things and no one will care. And he clearly has a lot of terrible options in front of him and is already like a fan of the Confederacy. And I'm pretty sure he's killed before and will kill again. <laughs> but for some reason, now he's foiled. You foiled me by money? <laughs> like, it. This guy shouldn't be sheriff. He should lose the next election on principle. Yeah, he's not it's, abusing his power well enough. He's been running out of right. It's he's clearly not. Uh it's you know this is the problem with uh, I blame Nixon. I blame him entirely for this. I don't know where I was going with this. It was just just him immediately being like, "Well, Dad Gummit, I never had a plan B." I blame. Gozer. I feel like we're anti-South here. <laughs> <laughs> One fact: yep, the yep. sheriff and the other ghost were the same actor. What? You know, oh, it was. Yeah, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Pepper, somebody. Pepper's ghost. Oh wait, wait. Uh, which uh, Beauregard? So the evil ghost, right? Beauregard. Oh the yeah, evil the ghost. evil ghost. Yeah. 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 That makes okay. Sense. So the sheriff and. Beauregard, the evil ghost. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. racist, racist. They're both racist. Um, did anybody write down Sherman Helmsley's last line? Um, uh, us dead people sure know how to live. Yeah. That's what it was, and it was it was said to camera, right? It was one of those. Oh yeah. It was yeah. It, it felt like the right ending for this movie. I mean, it was. It, I'm glad it was an ending. Yeah, one of one of the alternate, um, uh, probably the international uh, VHS cover. The tagline is, "When you've everything to live for, you're better off dead." What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you uh, believe I got fired from the National Suicide Hotline Network? Unfucking believable. <laughs> so a uh, little bit of production stuff. So all right, so it was shot 
and submitted to the NBA. Uh, sorry, I'm going to read to that. <laughs> to the NBA. <laughs> hey, Larry Bird, what do you think of this movie? <laughs> Enough. All right. <laughs> Okay, a little production stuff. So it was shot in and submitted to the MPAA for rating in 1984, but was not released until 1987 after extensive reshooting and re-editing, resulting in the director, Lee Madden, demanding that his name be removed from the credits. So, yeah, probably what we saw, we saw the longer version by a couple minutes, and then that got trimmed down even further, as I said, I think for like VHS stuff. Um so I'm guessing that, yeah, there probably were different scenes and there's things were reshot. So it may have been equally bad, may have been slightly better. Who knows? But but it, it does sound like it was significantly altered at one time. But yeah, if it was shot in 1984, that means they had to have like Ghostbusters came out, what, July of 84, Ryan? Something like that. August. It was August. OK, so it was a summer. It was a summer movie. So that means they would have had been like shit we gotta get a ghost movie in the pipe today and they probably shot this thing in about two weeks in november or something that would be my guess so uh yeah and then it sat on the shelf if we film the movie in october a ghost has to show up right (laughs) so we could save money there Mm -hmm. and the production side of things the uh the special effects very kind of them to call that. <laughs> um, the dude, the dude who did the special effects did worked with Werner Herzog mm. on Fitzcarraldo oh. and Aguirre, the Wrath of God. <laughs> oh, you gotta start. Somewhere. And that, yeah. Well, that way, Aguirre was was his first movie. Oh. <laughs> he started out with Werner Herzog. Well, you gotta end somewhere. <laughs> well, to, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's it's a little different, you know, when you're like dragging an actual ship over top of a mountain to like being asked. True. Now you got to make a break dancing mummy, so you know, put it together. <laughs> All right, I built a whole ship for you to take across. Wait, now that'd be the prop department. So yeah, what what was even there to do? Got to build that dick smashing sledgehammer machine. <laughs> <laughs> we used a real historically accurate anal spike. <laughs> It's... <laughs> I hate. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, were these like the first Pelotons? <laughs> so I think we'll wrap up here because this movie's painful, and we've gone through all key points of it. Um, I will say that this is one of the few half star reviews I have on Letterboxd, so it has that distinction. Um, one of maybe only like twenty five, thirty, or something. Um, so that's where I'm at, um, and I'll have further thoughts here in a moment. But would you recommend Ghost Fever? No. You did, you, you motherfucker. You did recommend it. I know. <laughs> and I wouldn't to anybody else. <sighs> Taking you fuckers down with me. <laughs> well, Ryan, well, well, before anyone else goes, didn't you say that like you used to watch this a bunch as a kid, and then you got the yeah, copy well, of it or know, something? Yeah, as Leonard Malton will tell you, I was a stupid child. So, <laughs> and that's Ryan and Leonard Malton have a long-standing beef. Um, but yeah, what uh, you said, like you got the original VHS you used to watch from your video store, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, hey, old friend, it's been a while. You want to come home with me? It was like ninety-eight cents. Fuck yeah. <laughs> And that's the end of that story. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's not like I watch it frequently. 
<laughs> it's no national it's not like lamp- a Halloween tradition. No, it's no national lampoons last resort. Oh god. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh who's up next? Um look. I'm glad that a movie answers the question of what if Ray stands actually fuck that ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was rough. This was really really hard. I mean, he kind of did. I, so you get a I ghost mean, fever. Sort of. It's an STD. Yeah, he he kind of did, but I think I mean that's you could write a terrible college essay about whether or not Ray fucked that ghost. And mouth, this one, they mouth. definitely did. <laughs> yes, yeah, mouth so- oral sodomy is not fucking a ghost. It is. Um, it anyway, is in Alabama. So, <laughs> oh, God damn it. Either which way, it's you know there. I appreciate that it's technically two movies in one. That it goes from a paranormal movie no one knew how to make and a boxing movie that they probably should have made in the first place. Um, but no, I, I there's a lot of bad movies I love, and <laughs> I'm not going to stop anyone quickly from watching this. But I'm I'm glad this is the one time I ever have to. Nate. Of all the movies made in the 80s that was wild and fun and, you know, at least super campy, that it may not be a good movie, but at least there was like the 80s nudity that made up for some of it. <laughs> and I thought that's what I was getting here. Nate was waiting for that Sherman Hemsley dick. He was waiting. It was I teased. Was. Yeah. As soon as they introduced the book. Sorry, here's, here's, my, here's my dad joke of the day. Amen. So, <laughs> sorry, that was terrible. Uh, but no, no, it was, it was. Uh. Did you expect the nudity because I sent you that German cover where it's like a scantily clad woman on the front of it? <laughs> it, it looks like it, Tina there was Turner. That, but then it, it really was like I thought that was what the vein of this movie we were going to be like. One of those like just it does the movie doesn't make sense. It's just for you know. I thought maybe that's why Ryan was watching it all the time as a kid. <laughs> but you know, uh, either way. Uh, no, I would absolutely wholeheartedly not recommend this movie. And while we had a movie night, t- movie day today, because we've been so busy as a family, I had considered showing this to them. <laughs> and thank oh, God I did this damn myself it. because I, I, I do not of, know what I would have a done. A part of me some- was hoping that you had, Nate. A part of me hoped when you messaged us earlier today and said, this movie's <laughs> really bad. I was like, sometimes he watches these with his kids and I hope he is. Oh and, my God. Well, I thought it might be the movie that I, because of nudity, I thought I shouldn't. Yeah. But there wasn't any. And so now I wish I would have to see what their reactions would have been. Well, you still can. What's stopping you? Watch I mean, it, it is in the Ohio Revised Code that if you show ghost fever to your children, they can legally apply for emancipation. So, you uh, know. Don't tell, it. don't tell that to Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for myself, uh, yeah, as I said, Ghost Fever has one of my uh, few half-star reviews, and I save those for real bottom-of-the-barrel trash, and uh, that's what this is. It's real bad. Um, I would not recommend anyone checking it out. I mean, because, I don't know, if, well, I'll put this question out. If we had all watched this as a group, do you think we would have laughed at it? Because I remember watching it with you, Ryan, and just also being uncomfortable and hating it at that point too i think it would have depended on the state of mind we were in all right yeah. all right what Fair sort enough. of alcohol and or drugs we have taken probably the crowd that you're with like i could see this being yeah. really fun with some people but you would really have to curate that crowd 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so possibly in that kind of space, um, I do think it's worth trying to track down just the breakdancing mummy scene and uh, maybe the the penis sledgehammer just because of how insane those moments are. Um, and and these I, I've said this uh, on other episodes uh, occasionally. Like this is also something good that could be just like a crazy thing to have on in the background of a party. Because, like, those can be fun things where it's like you don't want to actually watch it. You don't want to know the mm-hmm. plot. You just want to have it on. And so, like, have somebody walking by with a drink and just being like, what the fuck is this? Like, you <laughs> want those reactions. Let me fix that quote. Somebody walking by with a drink being like, is this a racist party? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I think literally you would, if you were watching this movie in the background at a party, you might get some people being like, what kind of person is Layton? I mean, I think a Halloween party, I think it could yeah, be fitting. Yeah. Uh, not just any old party, Nate. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, But otherwise, I wouldn't really recommend it, I don't think. Uh, as far as can you find it, um, it is oh. not on any streaming service that I could find. Um, there is the shorter version and the full version, like that's two to three minutes extra. Uh, both currently are uploaded in full on YouTube. Um, the shorter version has like the guy's explanation in front of it, talking about the cuts. Uh, there's the VHS that's floating around out there. And I did see that there's like a PAL version, supposedly, where it was you know put on PAL DVD. So that's like region two, region B. So that you might be able to find through eBay or something. Uh, and there's no Blu-ray that uh, that I could find. Nobody like uh, Scream Factory or anyone has picked this up. I mean, no, there's uh, they they picked up worse if you can believe it. Uh, so uh, anyway, that's where we're at on Ghost Fever. You finally got it, Ryan, and let us never speak of this again. Thank you for that as well. Um, okay, that just made this all worth it. So uh, we are we are wrapping things up here on Ghost Fever. We will uh, switch gears and do uh, another crazy movie from the '80s, but this one will be actually enjoyable. We will be looking at Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That is our next Halloween offering, and then we will have one more to cap out the month. Um, so that'll t- round us out to six, but, uh, check out our Halloween episodes from this month. We've got episodes from, you know, last year, year before, and then we do horror throughout the year as well. So, uh, you know, scan some of the titles. Uh, we've got some stuff worth listening to. And then, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter or now X, fuck that garbage. Um, but we're on there. Look for us Un- uncanny cinema. And then uh, I've recently created a Blue Sky account, so look for us on there, uh, Uncanny Cinema. So, uh, yeah, uh, like, subscribe, all that kind of nonsense. And, uh, yeah, just uh, keep listening. We will see you for Killer Clowns coming up next. Don't fuck ghost kids.